Oh shit, it's the coin toss. One surprise topic off the rip. Two sides of a coin. I choose a player prop for the upcoming Thursday night game and Tarek and Trey debate each side of the over-under. We got a banger coming up here. We got Baltimore visiting Miami. Ooh, baby. Tarek, heads or tails? Give me tails. Never fails. Flippity, flippity, flippity. Until today, my friend. <laughs> Fail. Give me the ball. Let's go. Trey wants that ball. All right. So... Over under, let's do receiving yards for Mike Jacecki. Those yards are at 54 and a half. So he's going out there catching the ball with one hand. So, you know, what could you not love? But uh, for the sake of context here, he has covered that 54 and a half four of the last nine games and did not cover that uh, the last two weeks. Is he hurt or something? Is that why you said he's playing with one hand? No, no, he's just good enough to catch it with one hand. He had he had like two see that? one-handed catches last week. Is there and a an finger almost... injury I'm unaware of? <laughs> it's his preference Trey doesn't now. watch the games. Oh uh, yeah, I was like, right, man, this is. Well, a, that's why I gave him the stats, man. Uh, give me the over. Give me the over, man. I I like Gusecki. Uh He is a huge part of this offense. I don't think we're going to see the return of Will Fuller this week. Uh, Devontae Parker's banged up, so I think he's their best pass catching option right now. Uh, you know, after Jalen Waddle, the rookie. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think he covers 54 and a half. I'm not impressed with Baltimore's defense this year. So I think they're, um, liable to give up those, uh, tight end yards to, uh, Jacoby brisket. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, two is not necessarily going to play. So Tarek, you got the under this week. Yeah, I think it's close. I mean, I think it's a good line, but I, I would slightly edge toward the under, um, just because of Mr. Beef brisket and, you know, the fact that, it's going to be hard to, you know, move the offense in general. I will say, though, um, I, I'm actually glad that you brought up Mike Gesicki here um, because one of the things I considered talking about in the main portion of our show is like how much I disrespected Mike Gesicki really in did, the offseason. And even through the first couple of weeks, I was like very adamant about how much I don't believe in Mike Gesicki. And look, this is a 26-year-old super athlete who is commanding target share and is currently, I believe, the tight end four. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's time for me to raise Mike Gasicki in my rankings. Uh, all that being said, give me the under. I I actually agree here, Derek. I, I got a shout out to Brad if you're listening, man. Uh, right before he popped off this year, he had me check his redraft team and he had two tight ends. And I was like, oh, what do you have a backup tight end, man? Uh, just go ahead and drop Mike Giusecki. And he was like, no, I'm going to keep him. And so uh, anyway, if, if you want to take my spot on the show, I guess it's yours. I <laughs> guess you earned it. Yeah. Sup, Brad. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Mike Gesicki, pride of the titty lions. I mean, he's pretty good. And yeah, he's, he's he basically plays the slot receiver position for him as a, you know, six foot five dude. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good role for a tight end. It's kind of what you want. What the fuck? is going on everyone welcome into the long game dynasty podcast a weekly roundtable discussion about dynasty fantasy football i'm your host Tarek, angry t bentria we're here in episode 31 with me trey crying and mitch yates missing a guy once again john alexander out of the office but that's okay trey what's going on man yeah we missed you john 
gave John the night off though. So, uh, you know, this is, uh, this kind of turned into the long game after dark. I don't know if you guys are looking around right now, but, uh, it's the first, uh, pod recording post daylight savings time. And, uh, guys, I, I hate this time of year. I, I I really hate uh, falling back. So, um, yeah, it kind of sucks when it's, uh, already, uh, sundown at five o'clock. Not a big fan of this. Yeah, I, I I mean it's it's nice. I'm the kind of person that likes to wake up to natural light, so it's nice to kind of naturally wake up a little bit earlier. But the trade off isn't worth it. Like, right? I get I'll get out of teaching my class at you know four fifty, and it's just pitch black outside, and it's depressing. See, for me, Tarek, <laughs> I go I know it's bedtime when the natural light starts coming up. So you know now hey. I now I have to go to bed earlier and I'm just not a fan of this yeah that that <laughs> nocturnal lifestyle that uh Mitch lives but uh I mean shit for me it's been dark for three hours already so uh you know I I, I was bored of the darkness hey. <laughs> molded by it uh yeah, you know, John usually talks about some other sports team or sports league when in his intro section. So I just, in his stead, I want to tell you guys that the Dallas Mavericks are in Chicago tonight, and uh, I'm not at that game. I I am here recording this podcast, and I want to let y'all know that that's not on purpose. If I would have kind of planned better, I totally would have bailed on y'all to go to that. Oh, game, I was going to but... say we could have <laughs> scheduled for tomorrow, man. I knew you were going to talk about the Mavs. Hey. Go Mavs. Fuck the Celtics, Trey. You like that? You like that buzzer beater? Yeah. <laughs> Mitch, what's going on with you, bro? Oh, not much, man. I'm doing well, though. Uh, I, thank you again, guys, for that personal day last week. It was uh, soothing for the mind, body, and soul. And, uh, you know, actually, to the to the five listeners at home, or as we used to say, take care of yourself out there, guys. Like, life happens fast sometimes, and we forget to chill out and relax mm. and recharge. And I know Mental Health Awareness Month is over in the NFL, but that shit's year-round here on TLG. So buy yourself a beer. Uh, I don't know, an ice cream or some TLG merch. Take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah, Mitch, uh, for sure. Uh, thanks for bringing attention to that. Like, especially, you know, as the days get shorter, it's it's extremely important to take care of your mentals. As the immortal Marshawn Lynch said, take care of your mentals and your chicken. Your all right? chickens and your mentals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Keep track of that. All right. So um, let's talk about the week nine slate. And week nine was garbage uh, for a lot of reasons. Just the games were weird. Like the fantasy finishes were weird. Tony Corrente, who refed that Bears Steelers game, is a complete <laughs> fucking herb. Like completely changed the outcome of that game. Like dude thinks that he's a main character in this quest of the NFL and just so annoying, man. And, you know, one thing that came out after the week was uh, the whole Dalvin Cook news, and that stuff is disturbing. Look, it's a developing story, so we're not going to litigate it on this podcast, but I just want to say the way Adam Schefter reported that story was absolutely disgusting, essentially treating Dalvin Cook's attorney's spin as fact rather than, you know, like being a journalist. Uh, It's been clear for a long time that people like Adam and you know, others make their way by being a hollow mouthpiece for their sources. It's greasy, demoralizing, and it's a periodic reminder that this league should have lost our respect a long time ago, and it barely deserves our attention now. So 
no matter what the truth is in this matter, when it comes to Dalvin Cook, and we don't know what the truth is, that's important. How it was reported by the NFL's top scoop artist just reinforces power hierarchies that make the world a very difficult place to navigate if you are not a certain kind of person with a certain kind of bank account. And it makes it difficult for me to even want to participate in talking about the NFL. But I continue to because I like talking about fake football with my best friends and I choose to live with that dissonance. And that's what I have to say. So, you know, we'll move on to the show from there. Hey, well put, man. Um, And, you know, as we get into this first half, just want to rehash what we have been doing since the season started each week. Each of us on the show provide two of our biggest takeaways from the games. And these insights are geared to give you actionable advice to pursue in your dynasty leagues. And of course, gain an edge on your league mates to drive toward that championship and those multiple championships year after year. So let's kick off this first half. And Mitch, why don't you give us your first insight? Let's do it. And let's kick it off with last week's MVP and Tarek's absolute favorite player, James Conner. <laughs> Running back number 12 right now, 26 years old, in his prime on the NFL's best roster, churning out fantasy points. He's got 10 touchdowns in nine weeks. Chase Edmonds just went down with a high ankle sprain, so I guess we have Eno Benjamin stepping in for that backup role. So so what? Easy money, right? Go get James Conner for your contender. You got your RB1 down the stretch into the back nine of the dynasty season? Fuck No. No, boo. James Conner is bad, and these numbers are lies. His RB12 numbers are supported by his three-touchdown banger last game and his outstanding touchdown production. Like, it's going to regress, and it's going to come to a screeching halt. Not only that, but when his production goes down in the second half of the season, it's going to tank his value going into next year. So if you're thinking about trading for him, might want to think twice about uh, getting rid of an asset here. Uh, the act- The situation should look Pretty good for the next couple of weeks, and uh, we're coming up on their week 12 buy, so I think there is a selling window here. He is probably going to put up RB1 numbers for the this week and the next couple of weeks, but I'm, if we're talking about Dynasty, like this is, in my opinion, the highest point that he is going to achieve, and with Kyler coming back and with Edmonds coming back and the... Uh, towards the end of the season here, I don't think that he's going to be putting up the numbers that you want him to in the fantasy playoffs. And so uh, if you want to ride him for a week or two, sure, but it's time to get out of here if you're asking me. So I wanted you to ask yourself this, can my roster afford to lose James Conner? And if the answer is no, you don't have a contender and you need to get rid of James Conner. And if the answer is yes, then you should get rid of James (laughs) Conner. What do you guys think? So... I mean, here's where I'm at. Uh, and I love that you disrespected him so much that you misspelled his name the whole time. Through. Is that uh, why you highlighted it and bolded it? I was wondering. No, if that no, was. no, no. But it's it's Connor with an E, but, it, you know, whatever. Um, so <laughs> Connor is currently ranked running back 17 rest of season for the PPR rankings on Fantasy Pros, right? So he's right smack in the middle of the RB2 range. And his if you price check him right now and keep trade cut, He's going in the same range as guys like Alexander Madison, Hmm. or you could potentially like get him for like a pair of wide receiver dart throws. Like I put together uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and Curtis Samuel just to piss off John, who's not here. Uh, And apparently that was like, you know, fair money, right? So I don't think you're breaking the bank to get him. 
and I get what you're saying. Like he's a plotter, you know, and he's just in a good situation and like, you know, he's not great, but I think if you need RB help and you want that bench depth, I don't think it's the worst move for a contender if that's the price that it takes to get James Conner right now. Yeah, and the reason I I do have a problem with that is because, like I did mention, he is going to be helpful here for a couple weeks, but mm-hmm. I don't think down the stretch in the uh, in the playoff portion he's going to be worth the squeeze here. Well, it depends on because through the first eight weeks when Chase Edmonds was ostensibly healthy, he was very helpful because of those touchdown numbers, which you mentioned and we've mentioned on the pod a couple times. Those are likely to regress, although it is a very productive offense. Um, I I think I, I'm generally on board here. I mean, like if you can sell James Conner for a 23 first or something like that, if whatever situation well, yeah, you're in, I first. think you should do that. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily reasonable, like you're going to get that. But I think if you have James Conner um, on your roster and he's, you know, your RB five, but he's going to be your RB two over the next three weeks. Uh, it's also, you know, not a bad idea to just ride that and, and, and take the wins on your roster, right. you know? So it's, it's, I, I completely get what you're saying. Like his value is way higher than it was two weeks ago. So if you can sell, especially if you're a rebuilder, it completely makes sense. Uh, it just kind of depends on the micro economy of your league, obviously, but when we're thinking macro, uh, I generally agree here. Well, here's the deal. How many running backs have to get hurt? Like somebody has probably lost an elite running back along the way here and they are just hurting. So, yeah. And what I mean, what we know about James Conner is that once he gets that big workload, he he tends to get correct. hurt. Right? And so what I'm saying is for that running back needy team, like they're going to pay that price for Conner if you got him. That that's that's the goal here is like you got to get him off your roster before 2022. Trey, what do you think about this? Trey, would you pay a third round pick for Eno Benjamin right now? Because he was a, a big uh, in a lot of my dynasty leagues. He he was added for some big fab. Um, and I kind of liked Eno Benjamin coming out of Arizona State. And he looked good in garbage time last week. I don't like Eno Benjamin. Uh, okay. So I'd rather do like a third and like a dart throw if like Connor got banged up than like trying to get him now, you know? Okay. Like the, the situation has presented itself with Connor to where, um, you know, he is going to return value this year and he's already returned value if you uh, traded for him over the off season. So um, I get what you're saying. Like, yes, like he's probably not going to be like the running back to, uh, you know, again, like going, you know, forward. But if you're making a playoff run and you are one of those guys who did, you know, lose uh, one of your starting running backs and you need that RB4 coming off your bench, like, I don't think it's a bad move if like the cost is really just a guy like, you know, Alex Madison. Well, I mean, Alex Madison's value could explode here pretty soon, That's but we'll see point. that. Well, yeah, true. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it definitely is worth talking about because James Conner, this is a guy that John's been talking about for a couple weeks and this is his opportunity. And that, that week, Last week, man, killed me. And that's why Mitch was saying he's my favorite player. <laughs> killed me too. You know, single-handedly took me down in our main redraft league. Ugh. All right, so I'm going to go on to my first insight. And uh, it's a little bit controversial when it comes to TLG. And that is Jerry Judy is the receiver you want on the Denver Broncos. So during the offseason, there was a lot of debate regarding who was the Denver receiver that dynasty managers should prefer. It was a big quandary. 
And this podcast had consistently ranked Cortland Sutton ahead of Jerry Judy. So what did slash do we love about Cortland Sutton? We like how he's got that alpha size and speed combo. He's kind of that undeniable alpha presence on the outside. And he had that breakout sophomore season in the NFL. I said in the preseason personally that my ranking of Sutton over Judy would not be very sticky. And that if I see Jerry Judy taking an edge on market share in the Broncos offense, I'd be pretty quick to flip flip them. So Jerry Judy got hurt, high ankle sprain. But in the three games that Judy and Sutton have played together, which Judy left early in week one, Jerry Judy has out-targeted Cortland Sutton 19 targets to nine. Now that's a small sample size, and I'm certain that we can probably expect that gap to shrink But with Sutton on the last year of his contract, I'm starting to revert back to my preseason take, and I would be trading Cortland Sutton for Jerry Judy straight up where I have Sutton, especially in PPR. Because guys, let's not forget how great of a prospect Jerry Judy was and how good of a player he is. So just to kind of put some market value from my perspective on this, two smoking hot wide receivers that I would personally trade away for Jerry Judy Debo Samuel and Marquise Brown, and I think you could probably get like a sweetener on top of them because they're just, in the words of uh, Will Ferrell from Zoolander, so hot right now. So these guys, it would be very tough for me uh, to let go of them for a guy like Jerry Judy because this seems like such a contender to like a rebuilder move, you know? Mm, Yeah. Like I feel like Debo and and Marquise Brown are like much more likely to get you points in the lineup than Judy is like rest of season. Yeah, that's fair. Can I jump in and talk some shit? Are we ready yeah, for this? Talk some shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. Talk, some, talk your shit. This is my reputation guy we're talking about, Cortland Sutton here. So, you know, I take this a yeah, little personally. Yeah. And now I, I do remember welcoming you to the team. So uh, now that you're off the team, you are not you are not going to be welcome back on it when you inevitably okay. realize <laughs> the errors in your ways here. You're canceled, bro. <laughs> but uh, as we've established before, Sutton is... QB proof. So wherever he may go, if he decides not the last two weeks, bro. Yeah, man. And uh, if, if you do recall, Tarek, we are doing a dynasty podcast. So the the two weeks, you know, I'm not super upset about, but you know, he seems to be QB proof. And if he decides to leave next year, that's, that's cool with me. So they're both really, really good though. And so they are, you know, I, I'm not saying Judy sucks because Judy's awesome, but, uh, nope. Uh, Still, still Sutton all day, and he's putting together a good season. Yeah, that was a disappointing last two weeks, I will say. Yeah, I mean, so for me, this is a, it's, I don't see it as being wishy-washy because I, I do see it as kind of reverting back to what my preseason process was, that I liked Judy as a player, and I think he he showed some flashes in his rookie year on a lot of really inefficient targets, And I think over the three weeks that he's played, he's looked really good and he's commanded target share. Now, his A dot last week was pretty abysmal, um, but I'm not necessarily holding that against him for one week. But my process was if I see that market share from Judy, uh, I'm going to be quick to flip him. So that's that's where I'm at. But I I will say, like, there's still two spots away from each other in my rankings. It's just that I have Judy a little bit higher now. Yeah. And I think it makes sense to make the change to have judy over sutton now because he is younger especially in ppr right oh, he's, by the way. yeah yeah uh, exactly for sure and 
he is much younger and he's getting two to one on the targets in the games that they've played together. Right. So that is just like a clear enough, uh, you know, slice of work together for me to, you know, kind of accept that he's the preferred option there now, but I still on some level kind of like Sutton more. I don't know if this is just take lock or like an emotional connection or what, but mm-hmm. I'm still kind of team Sutton for now, but I, I totally get where you're coming from. Right. And, and, and what I want to emphasize here is that, um, I don't think that you Trey or Mitch, especially having Sutton still ranked higher is bad process at all. Right. I think y'all are just being consistent and I think this is consistent for my process, right? Like I wanted, I, I was kind of hedging in the preseason and I, I like them both more or less equally. And, and this is, this was the marker that I was looking for. So I'm going to tip that way. And I'll add on to Tarek's process in case anybody's wondering, like this is classic him. Uh, and so (laughs) now like bouncing back and forth is not necessarily a bad thing though, because he is trying to capitalize the highest value point at that juncture. So Mm. right now he thinks Judy's higher and he would literally make that trade because I've seen him like he, the dude right. loves to trade. So, and, and we should react to the new information, right? Yes, like, because exactly. coming into the season, uh, I think it was pretty common that Judy was ranked a lot higher than Sutton because Sutton was coming off the injury. Judy was, you know, younger coming off of like a pretty, you know, fairly still productive is rookie year. Too. Yeah, still is, was then, <laughs> is now. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I liked Sutton at price a lot yeah. better preseason. And now, and we also did, we all did have him ranked higher, you know, so well, yeah. Anyway, I, I see where you come from. You're off the team. <laughs> All right. Okay, Trey. Uh, thank you guys for uh, humoring me on yet another Judy Sutton conversation. <laughs> Judy, One of my Judy, favorite Judy. topics, honestly. All right, Trey, what you got? Okay. Uh, so I got burned by the Jets in our uh, parlay last week, but I'm not going to get burned by the opportunity to buy low on Zach Wilson. So I think now's the time to go and place your offers if you don't have them already. So Wilson injured his knee a couple weeks ago. He had the PCL sprain in week seven against New England, and he's set to miss this week too. So since he's been out, Mike White, uh, vet backup, has come in and taken over, and he's going to start again this Sunday against Buffalo. And now there's rumors going around that Zach Wilson may not get the job back, which is... (laughs) completely ridiculous like, yeah give me a fucking break zach wilson was the number two overall pick in this year's draft the jets are not making the playoffs this year and they need to get him live reps and they need to find out what they have in this rookie so there's absolutely no reason to start mike white if wilson's healthy and ready to come back so yes i recognize that zach wilson was playing really freaking bad before the injury But there are a couple of bright spots that I can cherry pick from his efficiency metrics. So his air yards per attempt was top 10 uh, before the injury. His accuracy rating, according to player profiler, was uh, number two in the league. And his deep ball completion percentage was 50%, which is good enough for number three. Now, I'm not saying that any of these are necessarily predictive, but they are, you know, signs that things could get better for Zach Wilson. Interesting. On top of that, Corey Davis is coming back from injury this week. And now the Elijah Moore breakout is upon us. So there's lots of reasons to think that Wilson could have a better second half of the year as a rookie. And right now, if he's on a contender in your league, I think you could go and pry him away from that contender for somebody like Carson Wentz, who's been playing really well the past few weeks, or a guy like Kirk Cousins, who, you know, we're just kind of like mediocre on, right? Um, 
Or if Zach Wilson is on a rebuilder, I think maybe a younger guy like Baker Mayfield or a wide receiver like Darnell Mooney is enough to get it done. And it's possible that his uh, value has dropped so low that he's now in second round pick territory too, which I would absolutely do if the opportunity oh, came for up. Sure. So Tarek, if you'll sell him for that in our listeners league, uh, hit me up after <laughs> the show. Um, I think that's still a little low ball in there, Trey. Hey, but you gotta you gotta start the start the bidding there. He's right? going right now. He's going right now on keep trade cut for a high uh, second round pick. That's incredible because I am a hundred percent with you, Trey. Like if I can get Zach Wilson on my roster, I would love to do that. Like if people aren't believing in him, I I, I don't I don't understand. Let, I mean, maybe this isn't even a productive conversation to have, but um, you, you you talked about air yards per attempt and and deep ball completion percentage and. One of the things I, I've been wondering as we watched kind of Mike White tear up the Bengals defense on these little checkdowns. The Bengals defense sucks, by the way. Let's yeah. I, and, and I mean, but we're also seeing Mac Jones have a lot of success in this kind of training wheels offense. And I'm wondering, like, when Zach Wilson comes back, what do y'all want to see? Do y'all want to see him? be able to run the training wheels offense or do y'all want to see him continue to take those chances downfield like he has been i want to see him keep pretending he's brett Favre, and i want to see him get it together with these wide receivers and just let him keep let him keep going because he doesn't look rattled by the interceptions as i've mentioned in the past like he bounces right back up in there like i want to see the coaching staff have faith in their guy and not play this bullshit game with Mike White. Now, they are, I think they came out and said that they are doing this to just nurse his injury. I I think that that Mm -hmm. was their official statement. But, I mean, yeah, if he's good to go and they start benching him, then, like, I'll just start talking about the classic New Jersey uh, system they got going. So, Do I want to see him driving the bus, or do I want to see him, like, keep playing YOLO ball. And I, I guess what I really want to see is just recognizing like how bad that offensive line is and that pass protection is for in New Jersey. And I just want to see him like, you know, stand in against the pass rush and be a little bit more effective with those, you know, pass rushers in his face than he was in the first half. Cause he was really, really bad uh, in the yeah. first half of the season. But um, you know, with like some of these weapons kind of taking that next step, like, you know, Elijah more, um, you know, I, I just want to see him, you know, get more comfortable with that pass rush in his face. And hopefully uh, New Jersey can bring in a little bit more talent for the O-line in the offseason. Yeah, Trey, when you said the Elijah Moore breakout is upon us, uh, I got goosebumps. So, uh, yeah, love Elijah Moore. I mean, like the reason I asked the question is because like part of me wants to see him be able to like keep drives alive. Right. By, you know, making some short throws when he needs to. But I think one of the things we liked about Zach Wilson coming into the season, if I remember Trey talking about this in preseason is like in preseason, him being like, Hey, I'm trying things out, you know, right. like I'm, I'm learning. Right. And I think him carrying that into his rookie year on a jets team that's going nowhere in 2021 is, is not the worst thing in the world. Um, so I, you know, overall agree with this take, uh, Zach Wilson, like the, one of the most obvious buys in dynasty right now. All right, mic check for it is halftime. All right, y'all. 
Uh, we went one and three again last week. Uh, so we're getting into <laughs> dangerously average territory uh, now in terms of our sharp rating. I mean, we're still sharps, you know, 21 and 15 overall, but... Hey, TLG we, less financial. Like, yeah, TLG <laughs> less financial. Hey, we're still up, man. Uh, we're still we're still we're, we're still up. We're still up. But let's let's get back on the bus, uh, Mitch. Why don't you give us your pick first? Well, I want to win this week, so I'm going to pick a team that's going to win this week, and that's the Rams in uh, where are they now? At San Francisco? Not technically, but St. Louis. Well, I'm going to take the Rams over uh, the St. Louis 49ers. Yeah, we'll do that. The, uh, the spread's minus four, and look, man, the Rams lost last week, but they lost to the best team in the NFL, so <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm looking at a bounce-back game this week, and I think the I think the Rams beat the living shit out of the 49ers on Monday night this week. I really do. So I think, Tarek, I, I wrote this down in the show, Doc. I don't know if you read it, but I will strongly encourage you to just go ahead and put your life savings on this game. I am that confident we are going to get that dub this week. I got, I got you, dog. <laughs> The 69ers might not clear double digit points. So yeah, I like this, man. The Rams could clear triple digits this game. They are <laughs> pissed. All right. Well, I will give my pick next. Uh, hang on one second while I put my life savings on Rams minus four. But my pick is the Seattle Seahawks at Green Bay plus three and a half. And let me be honest, y'all. This week really stumped me in terms of game lines. I could... I could make an easy argument, I think, for every line, positive or negative. I think this is going to be a close game with both Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson coming back. And there's also a slight chance that Rodgers doesn't get through uh, COVID protocols with his unvaccinated ass. So there's upside there. Um, But, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. So give me the ability for the Seahawks to lose by a field goal and for me to still get this pick right hey man carson might be coming back too that's true that's true and you know how much they love to run the football with their transcendent quarterback it would almost be better for him if he didn't come back and just like <laughs> you know force russell wilson to throw a little bit more but uh no this is spicy all right Trey, what you got all right man uh so real simple give me the tennessee titans let's minus go three, three point favorites uh at home against new orleans i like the tits at home dude no titties their tits defense out. has played a lot better recently, which, you know, obviously last year the defense was like a big question mark and they've really put it together this year. Yeah. They literally just held the LA Rams or the St. Louis Rams or wherever they were. The low Rams. <laughs> yeah. To 16 points last week. 16 points, the Rams. So New Orleans is going to be either starting Trevor Simeon or uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback. Uh, yeah. Uh, give me, give me the tits. I think they'll win by at least a touchdown. Hey, I know Mitch loves this because Mitch himself hates picking the Titans when they are favorites and loves picking the Titans when they're underdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I know that Mitch loves that uh, Trey did this for him. Dude, this is the third time I've picked them this year. And yeah, keep <laughs> doing it. Whatever you're doing, I love it. It's working. And I think the fifth or sixth time we've picked them like this season already as a yeah. pod. So it's, yeah, it, it, it's worked out all, all right. So money makers, as, as we can all agree, go Titans. I I agree. All right. So I will, I will read John's pick. He's going with the Ravens uh, minus seven and a half at Miami. He says Thursday games are notoriously unpredictable, but this one looks like it's destined to be a walkover on a short week. Lamar Jackson has proven me wrong and made two or three receiving options in fantasy relevant each game this season. 
Ravens offense looks very efficient and Lamar is looking more and more like the dynasty QB one as the season goes on. Ooh, wow. John loved spicy. that. Uh, Lamar has been on fire. Miami's been a dumpster fire. Four days is not enough time for this defense to prepare to slow down the Ravens and the offense has been impotent Ravens by three touchdowns would not surprise John at all. I love it. <laughs> I, I liked it. it too. I, I liked that line to be honest. So yeah, a couple good lines there. There were some bars I could see there. It. And if briskets playing, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I faded, I faded the brisket earlier this season that came back to bite me. So maybe it'll work out this time. Four and oh this week, boys. Four never, and oh. never fade on brisket, boys. Tara, give the uh give the listeners a recap there. Okay, so yeah, we are uh going with Mitch Rams minus four over the 69ers. I am taking Seahawks at Green Bay plus three and a half. Trey's got our favorite team, the Titans, go tits, minus three versus New Orleans. And John's got Ravens minus seven and a half at Miami. 4-0, baby. All right. I got a good feeling. Yeah, me too. Let's kick off this second half with our second round of insights to gain an edge on your Dynasty League mates. I'll go ahead and start us off uh, this half. And my insight is rebuilders. Listen to me. Y'all need to be on the lookout for a Khalil Herbert buying opportunity coming around the mountain when she comes a few weeks ago, I actually advocated to sell Khalil Herbert for a second round pick in Superflex leagues, despite having Herbert ranked significantly ahead of market all offseason. Once he got his chance, I thought it was worth cashing in. I sold him in um, most of the places that I had him, and I kept him in one league where I really needed running back help. Now, Montgomery is back, and in his first game back, he pretty much commanded his workhorse share against the Steelers, and he looked good. I expect Khalil Herbert to fall week over week on keep trade cut and month over month on DLF ADP as long as David Montgomery is healthy, but we know that Herbert is 100% the handcuff now, and if you can acquire him for less than a second at any point, I'm telling you to go for it. I expect Montgomery to hold on to his job for as long as he's healthy because he is a good running back and he has that seniority. But I mean, in my opinion, I think Khalil Herbert is a better overall running back than David Montgomery. So there is some potential there. There's some potential there that Khalil Herbert could be the cream that rises. This is just overall a simple case of following the trend of a good player and buying low. So Here's some context. Running backs, I would trade away for Herbert if I'm a rebuilder, because this started out with rebuilders. I would trade away James Conner for Khalil Herbert, and I think you could easily get more than Khalil Herbert. So don't undersell. Straight up, I would trade away Kenny Gainwell for Khalil Herbert. I would trade away Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, Devin Singletary, who may be about to get a, a, a little workload here with Zach Moss with the concussion. I think as long as Montgomery stays healthy, I promise that you will be able to get those trades done if you are a Khalil Herbert fan like I clearly am. So what do you have against Mitch's reputation players? Seriously, dude. T- today you're just taking a shit on all of my my favorite guys Why, did, here. did Mitch hurt you in some way? No. Is, 
is there something going on here that we need to know about? All right. Yeah. Where I think this gets cloudy is like this being a, a an anti-David Montgomery take. And it's not. It's just about this being a high upside handcuff um, who I think can have a lot of standalone value as well. Uh, down the line. So yeah, if you can get for less than a second, go ahead and buy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and the point about the contract, I think is really the the most important one to me, because it is definitely possible that Chicago looks at their running back situation at the end of next season. And they decide, well, we don't need to offer Monty a long-term deal because we've got Khalil Herbert and he's doing a great job, uh, you know, stepping in when needed. So I think it's totally possible that Herbert has that long-term upside. It's almost similar to a guy like AJ Dillon now who's stuck behind Aaron Jones in Green Bay, right? Like we all love uh, AJ Dillon in that second round draft cap, but you know, he's you know stuck behind like the much better starters. So I'm, I don't know. I, I get where you're coming from. Like I am not actively going out and trying to buy Khalil Herbert right now, but if I, already had him on my roster, then I'm definitely holding. All right, Mitch, uh, let's move on to your second insight. All right. So Tarek, you wanted to speak to all those out there that are rebuilding. I would like to speak to those that are about to lean into playing for next year. So say you don't quite have the juice to do it this year, or you were planning it all along. It's time to lean into that strategy. So uh, how do we do that? How do we specifically prepare for next year? Uh, and it's easier to do than planning for, say, the next several seasons, like than the obvious strategies of go get young players and draft picks. So we'll go ahead and just get rid of the draft picks from this conversation. Uh, so if next year you need running backs to contend, I'm looking at guys like if we're talking about the younger guys, I'm looking at ETN, uh, Carter or Montgomery, who we just talked about. Uh, and if I'm not looking for those necessarily young guys, I'm definitely looking at these hurt dudes like Dobbins and Akers or even Henry and mm-hmm. Henry. I wanted to touch on next episode, but I did want to mention this episode that the King is dead and his massive workload is over. And that's what I would have said last episode and probably wanted to say nothing else after that, but that doesn't mean he's not going to dominate next year. And so if you can get him at a bargain, uh, somebody's probably still upset that they have him on their roster. I mean, you guys have him at running back 19. If you can get him at a at a bargain, by all means, next year is his year. But after that, he... But anyway, if you need wide receivers, I'm looking at guys like Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Van Jefferson, and guys, yes, I'm going to say it, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he should be cheap AF right now. So take a ride on the roller coaster. Go get you some OBJ, right, John? Right, John? <laughs> uh, it'll be fun, I promise. But... Calvin Ridley's another one of those 2022 gambles, right? Like if somebody is in contend mode right now and they have Ridley on their roster, this might be the way that you can approach getting him for um, a slightly less talented wide receiver. So, and how are we going to approach our league about this fire sale? Well, straight up tell them, post it in the group chat because the sharks will smell the blood in the water. They'll hear players are for sale. And yeah, so, I mean, that doesn't mean like, like take a shitty deal, but let them know that those deals are out there and drum up that competition. The time is now. No, Mitch, I, I do think the time is now, right? And if you haven't started rebuilding now and like making those moves, then it's almost too late. So yeah, today, literally, today. you know, listening to this pod, like now, now is the time to like go and make those moves for next year. If you haven't started and you realize like you're out of contention. So, um, no, I, I think it's an important, uh, point to call out for the listeners, 
I'm a little bit curious about some of these names that you called out. Like, I love the running backs. I like the young guys. I like the guy, like, going and acquiring uh, injured running backs like Dobbins, Akers, Henry. 100% agree. But you mentioned uh, some of the, like, vet wide receivers like Juju and uh, Van Jefferson. So, like, what 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 is it about, like, Van Jefferson that kind of sticks out for you for next season? Van Jefferson specifically, I, I think that he may take that Robert Woods role and currently he's had some of those pop games that I like to see. And, I, you know, this is an offense that I want a piece of. And so if I can still get that now going into next year, I'd take that younger guy. For example, I'm not going to go looking for Robert Woods for next year. I think I would rather have Van Jefferson. I think that torch will be passed between those. Yeah, interesting. I don't necessarily disagree. I've been, you know, historically kind of an anti-Van Jefferson person, but... At least recently, Sean McVay has gone back to his 11 personnel roots and Van Jefferson has been out there for, you know, 90, 93 percent of the snaps. Right. Um, and like the usage other than like Robert Woods squeaky wheel game has been basically equal between Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and, you know, Van Jefferson, obviously a lot younger. Um, so I, as I think about it, usually I would recoil from that take, but I, I don't dislike it. Well, let's give Robert Woods a little bit of love real quick. He's like running back 12 or 13 on the year, right? Wide now. receiver. Yeah. Or excuse me. Uh, yeah. Wide receiver. Well, he 12 does or like to do right a jet now. sweep here and there. So, you know, yeah, yeah but he's <laughs> also know. getting his targets. He's getting his work in. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the other, the other thing I wanted to, uh, tease out real quick from this, Mitch, uh, you look like when it comes to rebuilding, you don't need to punt and go on a three-year plan. Yeah. And really you shouldn't be going on a three-year plan. You really should either be competing for this year or next year, right? Like the, the point is to try to win. So don't completely go and liquidate your entire team for draft picks or guys that are like complete total throw-ins, like go in after those injured running backs, like go after those young players who could take the leap next year. So I, I agree with like that sort of general approach to rebuilding rather than like a complete teardown and liquidation. Yeah, I, I think a three year may have been too much. I may have uh, overjumped that. A two year is kind of how I view a rebuild because like if especially if you go draft pick heavy and rookie heavy, then yeah. you're going to need more than just next year. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of semantics. I, one year maybe more like a productive struggle, and two years is right. more like a rebuild. But um, or productive struggle is usually after a startup. But yeah, I mean, I I I I think you know by kismet over the last couple of weeks we've talked about a few like oh this could be a twenty twenty two guy you know Allen Robinson exactly John mm-hmm, talked mm-hmm. about Allen Robinson right that's a great 2022 guy right so somebody who's not young but we expect to carry value next year right right um so I I think thinking about a quick reset rather than a rebuild to in order to compete for 2022 is is a good place to be I think if if you're out of contention this year oh I like it yeah, Trey, let's lead into your second insight, which connects to Mitch's really well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm glad Mitch kind of teed this up for me. And and what I'm about to get into isn't like super insightful or unique to this pod. I mean, we've definitely said it before here and it's been said before elsewhere as well. But right now at week 10 of the NFL season, this is the cheapest that those rookie draft picks are ever going to be. Literally. So I pulled up on Keep Trade Cut right now. You can look at the value of a 2022 mid first on keep trade cut. It is down 20% from 
uh, compared to the high point over the last six months. And you know, you know, like I can guarantee you that that value is going to go up significantly between now and when your rookie draft occurs in April or May or June or whenever you have it in your league. So if you're contending and you want to put yourself over the edge, your return to trade a first round pick away from your team absolutely must include a blue chip player in return. So in our show league, in the TLG show league, I'm currently sitting at number three right now. And I recently made a deal with John where I let go of my first round pick. And I was only comfortable doing that because as part of that trade, I got Calvin Ridley and Keenan Allen in return. And both of those guys are bona fide wide receiver ones. Now, this was before Calvin Ridley stepped away from the game, but we all expect he's going to be back as soon as this season. Now, these are all the kind of guys that we would hope that those rookie draft picks, those rookie wide receivers would grow into over time. So if I'm just going to plow right through this, right? So first round picks, they're, they're liquidity, right? Like they're, they can be changed or traded into basically anything you want. And that's incredibly important. Not everybody loves Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen, but everybody loves a first round pick. So you absolutely, absolutely should not let them go at a discount. And I can, um, so as a contender, I think it's really tempting to look at guys like James Conner, who we've talked about today, or Cordero Patterson, who's having a career year as guys who could be like running back depth to put you over the hump and really go and, you know, lock in that championship for this year. But I would really encourage you as a contender to try to be more creative than just offering a first round pick straight up to get that deal done. Go for a later round pick plus a piece or two pieces to get it done instead. Or if you're a rebuilder, you should definitely be going after first round picks. Yeah, yes, the injured players, the young wide receivers work too, but all of these types of assets are virtually guaranteed to gain value between now and the next and next season. And you're taking out that risk from your team, right? So the last thing I'll point out, you don't have to use that first round pick on a rookie. You can wait until the day of the draft to trade it at peak value and get that maximum return to really set you up for next season. So all that to say is that this is absolutely the lowest point in time that those first round picks will ever have in value. And they're guaranteed to go up from here. Yeah. So Trey, there was literally one word in that whole thing that I took issue with. And it's when you said the draft picks are quote virtually guaranteed. There's nothing virtual about it. Right. Trey. It is, it is the one guarantee in dynasty fantasy football, 100%. a first round pick will gain in value as you get closer to the rookie draft. So, you know, I, I agree with all this. The only thing I'm going to say in support of it is um, to go listen to Mike Lou's most recent podcast, uh, Bunk Bed Breakdowns. He does an entire, you know, pod session on liquidity being really important in uh, Dynasty. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is a slam dunk, Trey. Mike Lewis talked about it. Adam Harstad, who we love on this right. pod, has talked about it a lot. Um, and I know this isn't super insightful, but it's. I think it's really important, especially for people who are newer to Dynasty, to understand like the situation right now and when it comes to these rookie draft picks. Because maybe this is the first time you've ever, uh, you know, had these assets before. And you know, what are you going to do with them? Trey, I love that you saved the best point for last. I, I think in its simplicity, it, it's absolutely true, and any Dynasty player should. Keep that in mind when they're trading away draft picks because right. 
trading away that first round draft pick to go for a a title when you're in seventh place is just you know it, it's it, you see it happen all the time and you just yeah. hate to see it what i think trey said that doesn't come up enough in these conversations is the flip side of trading away a first round pick when you are a contender, right? Because a lot of people, you know, and we on this podcast have said, like, sometimes it's time to take the bite of the apple, go for it, you know? Absolutely. Like, if you're in contention, trade away those first, get you those pieces. But I think the flip side of that that Trey highlights here is making sure that you get what Trey said, quote, blue chip player back if you are trading away a first. Like, do not settle for less, right? Do not, do not trade away a first round pick for James Conner. Do not fucking do it. Like, we can all agree that Keenan Allen- It's your favorite player. Keenan Allen, <laughs> Calvin Ridley are a tier above Cordero Patterson and James Conner. Like, yes. that's the difference. So the last thing I want to say, because there was one thing I took issue with Trey saying, and and that was the humble brag that he's in third place in our listeners league. So I just I wanted to just point out where it's everybody not a else humble is. brag, dude. It's a true oh, brag. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I want to humbly brag about how the rest of us are doing then. Oh, God. So, oh, no, you know, I'm on a two game slide. So I'm in seventh place. I was in third, unfortunately. But, you know, John, Tarek, you guys are just absolutely crushing it at the bottom there 11th hey. and 12th place love it yeah well john started that rebuild by making that ridley and allen trade with me so i appreciate him for for recognizing that Tarek started his at the draft yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have been in a rebuild ever <laughs> since cam Akers went down so well, well look guys i'm about to get smoked by at co willis uh by like 30 points this weekend so uh you know i my ranking might take a hit after this uh week 10 slate shout out to those show league guys uh that's been a really fun league really active so uh appreciate y'all um and yeah shout out another league that all four of us are in is the breakout uh dynasty league so shout out to avi and leo over at the breakout as well as the pretend gm guys so we're just having a blast with uh these new dynasty leagues that we started this year um it's been really fun kind of getting to know people through that uh so yeah go Go start some more dynasty leagues. And if you can try, try your hand at co-managing with a friend, uh, because I think we've really enjoyed doing that in the breakout league. We've got our matchup this weekend in the, uh, the breakout league. Oh, so, do we? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, well, two, it'll be fun. You two against me and John. Love it. Best yeah. of luck guys. Y'all will need it. Con- contenders versus <laughs> rebuilders. All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 31 of the long game dynasty podcast. It was a fun one guys. See you next week. See you. Cheers.